The Sisters Bloom presents Return to Nature, a podcast showcasing the people and companies reforming their industries with eco-conscious values, proving that even in our modern world, it's possible and necessary to live in alignment with nature. I'm Melissa Bloom, founder of The Sisters Bloom, an eco-conscious stop-motion animation studio. Our mission is to replace the toxic and wasteful practices of the industry with eco-alternatives. Our guest today is very special to me and close to my heart, my sister Elise. Most of you know her as Allie Bloom. I know I've shared within my journey about how my sister's health journey has really informed and influenced my own path, so I'm very grateful that she's here with us today sharing more about her own journey and her own path and where that's led her to. Allie Lene Bloom is an artist and designer passionate about curating conscious lifestyles and living spaces. After becoming chronically ill in her 20s with no answers from allopathic medicine, she began a healing journey that forced her to drastically change her lifestyle and home in order to truly live again. Through one-on-one lifestyle consultations, as well as in-depth life design services, Allie combines years of experience and research in clean living with her eco-conscious design expertise and innate intuition to help people in creating balanced spaces that reflect and enhance their overall wellness. This is my sister's beautiful, wonderful business, Allie Life and Design, and I'm so excited that you get to hear more about her journey and about how she can help you live a more conscious life. Hello, sister. Hello, sister. <laughs> this is a fun interview today. Um, I have my sister, Elise, here. Hi. Do you want to go by Allie when I talk to you, too? Sure. I mean, sometimes you call me Allie in my life, and sometimes you've called me Elise, and some people call me Allie, and some people call me Elise, and I guess it just kind of depends where you've met me along my journey. Speaking of your journey, I'd love to start giving the listeners an idea about where you began in terms of where you are today. So I think that would be your early 20s. Yeah, I think that the turning point and the big kind of uh, fork in the road was, yeah, around maybe 2015, 2016, when I kind of hit a wall with my health and had to go on a healing journey that you know very well because you were alongside me for the whole entire process. And that really began with my body sort of giving out on me. I got to the point where I could not walk. I couldn't go drive to the grocery store, park in the parking lot, and get out and walk into the store without being in burning pain in my legs. And I remember getting up in the middle of the night because I my legs would be in burning pain and I had all these symptoms. You know, I, I couldn't exercise anymore. We would go on walks uh, almost every day and it got to the point where I'd say, hey, Melissa, like I'm tapping out, you know, I got to turn around and we were only 10 minutes in, maybe not even. And you would continue, you know, on our, on the walk we usually would do. And I would go home and just be in pain. My legs would burn. I would get migraines. And I kind of just got to the point where no one could give me answers. And I had to explore on my own how to heal. Okay, I want to back up a little bit, back a little bit more into your early 20s before these symptoms started getting really bad, like when you still were technically living your life normally, so to speak, and going through the daily motions, what was your life like then? Yeah, so at the time, and the reason why I start with, you know, these symptoms that at the time were the big symptoms, you know, not being able to walk, but yeah, backing up further and really looking at my health, I have dealt with endocrine issues for pretty much Uh, almost my entire life, I would say, now realizing. But it started in my very early 20s, and I've been to specialists and doctors, and no one could really help me. No one could really give me answers. 
you know, I saw one of the top specialists in probably the country, but, you know, in Los Angeles, she's at the best uh, hospital. She sees 3,000 patients a year that that have the same diagnoses that I do, that are all interconnected and related to the several different diagnoses that I have. And it wasn't actually even until I saw her that I even was diagnosed and I had been to several doctors before then and they couldn't even diagnose me, but they did feel comfortable medicating me and putting me on prescriptions that I did later find out were causing some of the the very, very, very um, intense symptoms I was having. And the woman I did see who was the specialist in the area of the of the diagnosis I did have, I remember sitting in her office and she's a very nice lady. Um, I really like her. You know, I do respect what she's trying to do for people. It's now on a different level, I think, than where I'm at and what I would need or want from a practitioner. But she's very nice. She did say something to me that I'll honestly never forget. That was almost the, I guess, catalyst for me kind of looking further into my own health and not relying on this external, um, you know, doctor or this external force that, that I thought I needed to help me and to, to heal. And she, she told me, she said, she said, you're young, you're beautiful. She's like, live your life, enjoy your life now because it's only going to get worse. And I remember, I think I went home and I told you, I said, I was like, you know, that's like upsetting, you know, I was, I was probably what, 22. And that's what this specialist in her field, seeing 3000 women that had the diagnoses I had told me, she said, I'm never going to get better basically. Mm -hmm. And so that was, I, I was, you know, I was strong at the time. I wasn't, you know, so upset about this, but that kind of like rang in my ears constantly, you know, and kind of like a spell almost. So that was kind of the, the I think the cattle, like more of like the starting point of realizing I have something going on and this is what I'm being told and still trying to live my life, still trying to run my business, you know. And, and basically from there, I started getting a bombardment of symptoms and they got worse and worse and my health like drastically declined from there. So a couple things. One, I kind of want to have people understand what your lifestyle and work style and all of that was like at the time. But going off what you're talking about with this doctor, I think another thing to mention and that, that's interesting is that they always say you get worse before you get better. And it was almost like you were presented with that doctor. I remember it was my coworker who started talking about the same symptoms as you at work. And I was like, huh, sounds a lot like Elise. I wonder if I should ask who her doctor is. And so I think it's like, you've always told me we meet, you have to meet people where they are. It's like, that's where you were. You were at this phase where that was the right kind of help at the time for you to open your eyes to what you've ended up doing and finding for your health and how you've gotten better. So I don't know if you want to say anything to that, but no, absolutely. I think absolutely. You have to meet people where they're at in their journey and that there are, there are people and places for each stage and for each level of the journey. And everything that I went through was, I believe, purposeful and meant to be and the stage in the journey that I was on that I needed to go through to get where I am now and to be able to give back in the way that I can now. The true hero's journey. Mm-hmm. So I, <laughs> I keep pushing you for this, but just to say it in layman's terms, let's go back to what your work life was like. Before you got sick, the kind of you lived in Los Angeles, you lived with me, like, like, talk more about that. Yeah, that was the go, 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 you know, just hustle, hustle mentality, you know, working, working every day, nothing was ever good enough, you know, wanting that career, needing to, to feel fulfilled as a woman and wanting that career life and 
kind of doing a few different versions of that um, while living in LA and just really fast paced lifestyle. And everyone in LA is kind of like keeping up with, you know, their neighbor and keeping up with the next person and what are you doing now type of mentality and not really focused on the mind, body and spirit, not really focused on anything but I guess the paper, the resume. And yeah, I was living really fast paced. I was, you know, doing a lot with friends, going out. I still would consider at the time I was healthy. I mean, I ate healthy. I exercised. I did Pilates three days a week. You know, I thought we were eating the right foods and drinking the right things. You know, you would bring home books and things that were, you know, quote unquote healthy, but we weren't really looking at like quality, quality of life, quality of food, quality of water, quality of environment. We weren't really looking at anything deeper than kind of what on paper healthy means. And um, I think that that really is huge for all of us and for society. And I think that so many people live that way. And I think that we're kind of at this like point now where we're being forced to look at that. And it really is so important because we're not really given uh, choices. We're not really given the choice to easily live a life where you don't have to worry about your water being clean or your food being not toxic or so there's no formaldehyde in your furniture that you use daily in your home, you know, we're, that our air quality is clean. We're not giving choices, um, especially uh, choices that are sustainable within most people's life lives and, you know, not just financially, but also on a level of, you know, being able to even to include that in your daily life and being able to still work and pay your bills and think about these things and think about your health on another level and think about the quality of what you're consuming on every level and the quality of your life. Yeah, I I know for both of us, this has been extremely frustrating and eye-opening and, you know, we, we shouldn't have to think so hard about, is my food sprayed with some chemical that is going to affect my body. We shouldn't have to think so hard about is my water being doused with fluoride and chlorine and anything like that. I think back to our years in LA drinking out of the refrigerator water. And I'm like, what is that filter even doing? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think um, this might be a good segue into the breaking point of when we started finding some solutions. Yeah, so... It got to the point where my physical and actually mind, body, spirit, my health in general had just declined to the point of just no quality of life. I mean, and you you were at that point my caregiver and we were living in Los Angeles and you were working and I was working and you were taking on so much and you really just, it wasn't fair for you to do that anymore. And we made the decision to, to move home and to get help from our family and at that point, I had gone to a few more doctors. I also saw my uh, doctor who I had grown up seeing. And the only answers I got at that point were that I could be put on an antidepressant. That was her, her solution to what I was going to her, telling her of my physical pain, physical symptoms. I left her office and I was like devastated. I was I was sad. I mean, I I remember being like, I'm not depressed, but I'm crying right now because that is devastating that she essentially told me that there's nothing she could do for me except, oh, I could put you on this medication that's just gonna make you make you kind of mask everything going on and maybe will make you feel better. She said maybe. She didn't even know. Mm -hmm. And I called, actually I called our mom you know, crying at that point. And she was like, you know, why don't you do some research? Why don't you go online? Because I remember she was the one, you know, that always taught us, you know, going through school, like how to research for science and how to do this, how to look up in books. And, and she's like, why don't you do some of your own research? And I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, I'm going to do that. And from that point on, I just went deep diving on in books on the internet and I found out so much about what was going on with my body 
what medications I was on that were possibly causing symptoms I was having. I found out ways to help myself. Uh, I found clinics, lymphatic clinics and colonics and all of these holistic modalities. I found holistic practitioners that could help me, herbalists, acupuncturists, chiropractors. And I won't say there weren't bumps in the road because there were definitely bumps in the road. I mean, you know, you watched me through the healing process. It's definitely not easy, especially when you've accumulated so much throughout your life. I remember one of the healers I had gone to, she said, you know, well, how old are you? You know, you've spent that many years piling on toxins, whether you're aware of it or not, that's the truth. She's like, so the process to remove that and to release that and to let all that go could be a long time. Like it's not something where we're taught, oh, you just take this pill and and you're better, you're done. Or, oh, you do this surgery or you do this one thing and, oh, you're done. It really is peeling the layers back of the onion. We're in the magic pill society. We're mm-hmm. in that time period where people just want a solution that's really fast that lets them continue on their go, go, go lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And I think that that actually right there was like the – the kind of like light for me and the realization for me of like what was I living for and what was my life like what was I doing in my life that was so important that it trumped my health Mm -hmm. and what decisions was I making on a daily basis that that were priority to my body and my mind and my spirit and I think that right there is what kind of flipped the switch for me and to really put into perspective what is important to life and in life. And I think that that's something that we all need to look at and that we all need to come back to and not just with ourselves, but the people we love and the people around us, our families, our friends, our acquaintances, and really sharing, sharing the knowledge, sharing the experiences, sharing what can help because we really, at this point, we all have some kind of ailment, some kind of dis-ease, you know, we're in this part of this time in this world where we're all struggling in some way. It's true. I think that's what's so amazing about your journey and where you've gotten to is that I've already seen you help so many people just through the experiences you've gone through. So I think it's interesting because I remember when you first started finding these practitioners and also started weaning yourself off of the pharmaceuticals, which is no easy feat. And I don't know if you want to talk about that too or not, but even just the small changes, like we just started going into our showers and looking at what, what are we using to wash our hair and our bodies and going into our, you know, our uh, medicine cabinets. What are we taking when we have a headache? What are we putting in our mouth when we brush our teeth? Like all of these things we started looking at labels finally. Uh, I think there's just this trust in society. There's this trust that we have these regulating bodies, that they, they're making sure that the levels aren't toxic, that humans can handle it, that, that we're healthy. And, and unfortunately, as we've found out, those regulating bodies are setting levels very high. So yeah, we, we can't rely on them. We have to rely on ourselves. We have to do our own research, as you said, as you started doing and finding, which is amazing that we have the online communities we do that people can connect because I remember those were forums and now you have like Reddit and things, but like that was the days you still had like tons of forums. That was how people communicated. There wasn't as much social media. Mm-hmm. And I did. I Part of my research was going on these forums and communicating with other people that were having the same experience as me or on the same medication as me or had the same diagnosis as me and just really like taking note of what their experience was and and how that related to what I was going through and and any information that they were giving or that I could give them that could help us and to to be able to live a full life to be able to function every day to be able to go on a walk to be able to physically not be in pain but also mentally and emotionally and I think that's why Now I'm at the point where I have looked into so much and I have changed so much and I have helped so many people to see 
those things that we're talking about and that now it's time to help others because it is so hard to discern and it is so hard to know what is healthy. It is so hard to know if something has a toxin in it or don't or doesn't. We've learned how to read labels. We didn't know how. We had to understand what those ingredients were. Um, we had to understand what was good for us, what was bad for us. There's so much out there that is bombarded th- that it at this point it's like you you have to be so specific with what you're choosing. And I think it's really hard for people. And I think it was at the time really hard for us. It was hard to have us transition and it was hard to have our family transition. And it's hard for people who I work with to be able to make the transition. And they tell me, this is overwhelming. Like, I don't know where to start. They they do not know what's good and what's bad. And there's so much information out there. We do have the internet, with which I think is a double-edged sword. I think it can be great. But I think that there's so much information that there's there's no way you could know what is best or not. And I also think that the other thing that's happening right now is that there are all these people out there putting out great information, but they're kind of telling you, oh, well, this is a blanket thing that everyone can do. This is something that is good for everyone. Like, you know, whether it's a supplement, whether it's a lifestyle, whether it's a diet, whatever it might be, they're saying this is good for everyone. And what I found is that no, it's not good for everyone. (laughs) (laughs) And not only that, but there are different phases in your life and different times along your journey and healing path where you might need one or the other. And you also might live differently than the other person. You might need different things. You might have a family. You might have children that, you know, someone else might not. And I think that there are so many aspects that make how all of us live so different that we can't just take these blanketed ideas and blanketed health advice. One size fits all. One size fits all health advice and just give it to everybody and tell everybody that this is how you're going to have a better life. And I think that that's where I really like come in and where I'm really am passionate about and believe in helping people on an individual level to create that balance for them and their life and what that looks like for them. And it's not going to be the same as their neighbor. And it's not going to be the same as their mother. It's different for everybody. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. And one thing I did want to mention before we get too far over, you're going very fast, but in a good way, is the EWG, the Environmental Workers Group or Working Group. Working. I can't remember which. Working. Environmental Working Group. That was a huge re- resource for us at first. And I wanted to mention it just because it can be a great place to start because they're breaking down every single ingredient on a label. And they're giving it a number that means, you know, least toxic to most toxic. So that was somewhere I I remember we either would get EWG certified or we would make sure it was a one or that at least all the ingredients within it were zeros and ones. So that was a really easy way for us to start with just our, especially the bathroom, like getting new shampoos and conditioners, like before we really, really got into things. I think at one point I was doing apple cider vinegar and baking soda. But yeah, that that was very helpful, at least for me, which I think for you as well. Yeah, that that's a great resource. And I think it's it is a very easy resource if you want to go on there and just, you know, go by their by their recommendations you know, you you pretty much are mostly safe, right? Like if you, right, like you said, oh, we only did a one or a two maybe even, you know, and yeah, if you're going on there, that's an easy way for you to not only know that something is safe, but also to start understanding what these things are and what these chemicals are. And also to kind of open your eyes to see that there actually are so many products out there now that are not using them. And we actually do have a big variety and a lot of people who are aware of of the added ingredients and toxins within our products and they're making alternatives. Right. I think that that is huge is just when you start to find brands and that's something that you offer through your your business is helping connect people to what's right for them. 
I don't know if you want to start talking a little about what you offer now. Yeah. So my offerings are a custom protocol that I curate specifically for each individual that has recommendations and suggestions, things in wellness like you were talking about, shampoos, conditioners, supplements, anything like that, but also for interiors in your home, linens, uh, household cleaning products, and uh, even your clothes and style, you know, clothing, accessories, anything that could be therapeutic, um, therapies that you can have at home, anything that once we start working together, we figure out what you need, what your family needs, maybe what the process looks like to start incorporating it because that can be overwhelming as well. But at the end, you do get, you get a document full of this information that's tailored for you for exactly what you need to transition, whether you're beginning or whether you just need kind of like a revamp. And this incorporates full interior design. I guess I skipped an entire section of your life, which is you've basically been our stylist and designer for our whole family, our whole lives. <laughs> if you need your closet cleaned out, <laughs> you call Elise. So. <laughs> oh my gosh. And I'm sure if my friends are listening to this, they'll remember. <laughs> exactly. exactly. So I think some listeners won't know that you went to art school and that you have an entire fine art background. And design background. I don't know if you want to share about that as well, feeding into your business and what you offer. Yeah. So I guess something that I've always uh, carried with me is art. And I guess I am an artist. I'm an artist. I'm I'm a designer. And I have found a way to bridge those to help people living a balanced life with no toxins or less toxins and creating harmony in in the way that they need for them, for their family, for their space. And yes, I do offer full design services, eco-conscious design, non-toxic design, really honing in on those elements and prioritizing those elements, not only for our own health, but the health of the world. That's pretty amazing. I don't really know anyone else offering this kind of thing, especially just really taking a holistic look at everything that someone could incorporate. And also, like you were talking about, it can be so overwhelming to not know where to start or even like just you and I together have really just taken it one step at a time of, you know, we started with these, you know, hair care products and toothpaste, all that, and then clothing. And and I think that's a whole nother podcast in itself. But if you want to touch on too, like you were such a fashionista and would get designer clothing, all the things. And you really shifted your own style when you started learning how these things were made and all about fast fashion. Yeah. Um, I grew up and have always loved fashion. I grew up loving material things. You know, I loved purses. I loved clothing. I loved designer items. I loved like the the very eccentric versions of things. I got my hair done weekly. I got my nails done weekly. You know, I I was always dressed in the best. And then I realized that the best that I, what I thought was the best wasn't the best and that it was actually polluting my body. Things like leggings that you work out in to be healthy are leaching toxins into the most private areas of our bodies. And yeah, my style has completely changed because now I have am prioritizing my health in every sense of, of the word. And for me, it's more important that I wear something that is in harmony with my body and in harmony with the planet rather than it being the most up-to-date fashion item and me looking, you know, the the absolute best and and really uh and and you know trying to to be up there with, you know, people who have a full team of celebrities and all of these things we see on social media and I think that that's kind of a whole nother thing kind of more into the spiritual and emotional aspect of things but there's something in society that's going on where 
we're given these like unattainable goals and we're kind of told that we do need to, you know, be keeping up our hair and our makeup and our nails and our clothes and our designer items and our homes have to look a certain way and be a certain way. And at what cost? Like what cost does that come to us and to our health and our family's health and our generational like lifestyles and how that relates to how we treat the world? Right. Exactly. And one thing I'll say is uh, that there are so many, I'd say in the past five years only, like not even 10, I think it's five, that there are so many fashion brands that are eco-conscious now, not just, oh, we're using recycled plastic, but literally regenerative farming practices and all organic materials, natural linens, all of that, that it is kind of becoming its own fashion revolution. And you can dress cute and not just be like a boho hippie wearing a bag, right? Like a linen bag. Yes. Although I do enjoy being a boho hippie wearing a linen bag. And organic cotton. Yes. Um, So I think, yeah, I think there are some beautiful brands out there. I think there's going to be more. I think the same, you know, same goes for the products and home items, all of these things, we're, we're going to see more and more. And I think it's going it, to, it is already, it's just so helpful. And for people to wrap their heads around this transition as well, like it's making, the more we have, the more afford, affordable it will become, you know, maybe those higher end designers, maybe they'll jump on board. I mean, I think that there is such a change happening and it is for the, for the, for good, the good of us, the good of our planet and just for the better of our world. Right. And something I've, touched on, I think, in my solo cast was just that I don't know if all of this and how bad it got was even fully intentional. Like if there, if the entire thing was like, oh, we're going to just douse everything with chemicals. It's just that there were these practices that started being put in place that this was easier, this was faster, this was cheaper. And so I love now that we are at a place where like so many people like are actually all these business owners are realizing that those things that they can be done a different way that we can go back to ancient practices that we can find new ways or use the new ways but with better materials less chemicals so it is an exciting time and I would love you now to talk to about your mental journey and the mind aspect of your business as well. So I think we leave out a big piece of the puzzle when we talk about health and when we talk about wellness and when we even see practitioners and people that can physically help us. I think we leave out a big piece of everyone's puzzle on this earth. And that is the aspect, you know, of mental, emotional, and spiritual health. And that's the connection and that that has to our physical health and to our lifestyles. And I think that for me, I I looked at that journey throughout my physical healing. And I but I don't think I put together how much of an impact that has and had on my physical body until uh more recently, the past few years. I think that that was almost like a secondary thing, you know, of course, you know, I'm sure people are see people for therapies and, you know, even uh, psychics and all different kinds of modalities of people who are helping you on that emotional, spiritual level. But I think that there, that we have this disconnect with the physical body in relation to that. And I think that when I started to put those two things together is when I really started to heal. And not just physically, although it did manifest physically into physical healing, but but emotionally and spiritually heal and release and move past traumas that manifest physically in the body. And I think that a lot of that has to do with lifestyle. And for example, we were talking about earlier how uh, fast-paced my life was and how I was just running through the motions and uh really honestly more concerned about the physical body and these physical things and 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 visual things material things and i wasn't really paying attention to the emotional mental spiritual side of things and when i did when i started to um to work with modalities that did allow me to heal those things is when 
my wellness really, really uh, skyrocketed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think compensation is something that came up there is that our society is really good at compensating. So like, you go through a breakup, you just go buy a purse or you go travel. And we just we when we get bogged down emotionally or mentally or, or spiritually, we compensate in the physical realm, we go buy things, we go on trips, we do things that we go exercise a ton. And like you're saying, you create this this imbalance of uh, of these the this holistic way of of life and and we we ignore a whole part of ourselves and we're almost taught that we're almost taught that we're supposed to mask these elements and we're not supposed to revisit these traumas and things in our lives when in reality you you can't live a full life without visiting these things revisiting without looking at these things and without healing from them. So how do you heal physically if you're not looking at anything else, you know, the emotional, the spiritual aspect, you know, and how the, how something from your past could be affecting you, how something even even just your nervous system on the on a daily basis and how uh, what 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 are you doing on a daily basis? What rituals are you incorporating into your life and you know, ritual sounds really woo-woo, right? Like, oh, you know, I'm going to light a candle and say a prayer. No, it, a ritual is just something that you do for yourself. It's something that gives you time to yourself in your day. I take a bath every day. That is a ritual I do. It is how I clear energies. It's how I physically uh, put good things into my body and pull bad things out on a toxic level. It's how I mentally reset. It's something that I would recommend, honestly, to almost everyone. If you have the access to a bath, you don't have to do it every day, but incorporate that into your week somehow, especially if you're a busy mom, you know, and busy in general or busy, you know, busy in the work work environment. It's something that kind of forces you to stop, forces you to slow down, forces you to relax on a physical level so that you can listen to your emotions and you can listen to the spiritual side of you and really kind of meditate, you know, without having to sit there and make yourself think of nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So what do you put in your bath? I always put Epsom salt, sometimes sea salt, always bentonite clay, which pulls toxins out, whereas the salts are putting uh, nourishment in. If I'm in a city, I'll use vitamin C, which uh, is supposed to cut the chlorine that they usually put in municipal tap water. Also, why not soak in vitamin C? Like we need, we all need vitamin C that our skin absorbs everything we put in. It's great for it. Any uh, essential oil that I'm feeling for that day, obviously lavender is one of my favorites, but sometimes rose, sometimes even ginger. I also love uh, CBD baths, and there's a bunch of brands now that are doing those. Just make sure you look at the ingredients <laughs> <laughs> and that you trust their sourcing. But CBD is great and actually uh, has helped me when I'm in uh, more of a pain um, time when I'm dealing with migraines or inflammation. The CBD can be great for that. And yeah, just, but even just hot water is medicine, you know, as, mm-hmm. as long as it's a fil- filtered water, you know, you don't want to be soaking in a hot water that is, you know, laden with all the toxic chemicals that they're putting into our system. That I just want to mention too, the EWG does have, uh, I can't remember what it's called, but you can go on there and look at the rating of water. Yes such an amazing resource that I share with people. You can easily look up what is in your water on this site. And it's mind-blowing. Some of them are so high in contaminants, it's scary. Some are some are much lower and I guess still is scary, but in comparison to those high cities and and places where the where it's very high contaminant levels, you're like, oh well this isn't so bad. Right. Well, we were in Cal in San Diego. What was the rating? Like 13, 14. 14. And then here it was like three. Yeah. When we were when we were going to move, we looked it up. We yeah. Like, oh, <laughs> 10 less. And now, of course, we're 
on well and I wouldn't want to be anywhere else. <laughs> yeah. So. It's true. I want to go back and talk about telling people more about these things you tried, not just the practitioners, but acupuncture, colon hydrotherapy, these the chiropractic work, these things that we didn't grow up with and we didn't even know were really options of things to do to to heal, to feel good on a daily basis or monthly basis. Yeah, I think that these are alternatives to uh, the mainstream health world. And I think that these are amazing ways for us to kind of take control back for our, of our own bodies and to get help from these uh, practitioners who are experts in what they do and who can look at your body and feel your body and know what is out of balance and out of alignment and can help you physically to reset and to physically uh, help your body to repair. And I think that for us and for me, that was a slow process. I think that um, I was at the point where my symptoms were so intense, I had to go incredibly slow and I could only incorporate one of these one of these modalities at a time. And I had to be very careful because I would have awful detox reactions. And I think that that's where it really comes into like making sure you're doing what's best for you and not just saying, well, everybody should go get this modality done because of X, Y, and Z. And it's like, well, yes, maybe that's true, but you don't know what's going on in their life and their body and what that might look like for them when they incorporate it and how and if that is actually sustainable at the moment for their life. Right. And I know we both love uh, Dr. Perry Nicholson, the lymphatic uh, guru. I don't oh know. And he talks about how even too much of a good thing can be a bad thing because any nutrients you're putting in, anything good you're doing to your body, it still has to clear it. It still has to detox it. Mm -hmm. It still has to go through the process. And his work has helped me tremendously. And he's someone we also, we found him a long time ago. And we kind of never implemented him until more recently. Um, and another one where I've had to go very slow, but I've noticed such a difference. And I think lymphatic, uh, the lymphatic system is such like a forgotten process in our body. And that the lymphatic system is when I first started my healing journey, what actually, you know, when I went and researched and found, found these practitioners, the first thing I did was go to a lymphatic clinic. And started to drain my lymph, my lymph, and to detox it out through colonics, and that's something that was just like so foreign. Like what? Like we didn't know what that was. We didn't know we had a lymphatic system. We didn't know that our lymphatic system connected to our blood. We didn't know how it drained. We didn't know how it pumped. We didn't know how absolutely vital it is to our health and livelihood. We didn't know how it gets clogged. We just didn't know any of that, and. I think that that was a huge turning point for my health, finding that clinic. And now, of course, uh, Dr. Perry's work, being able to physically help myself with his his protocol and, and his pattern in draining. And I think that that's just a perfect example of, of uh, knowing that there are things out there that can help us and that can heal us and that when it's right for you, you will find it and you will incorporate it into your journey. And just like I said, you know, for me on my journey, I probably wasn't ready to do the kind of draining that, for example, Dr. Perry could help me to do because I just completely would overload. And, compl and every time I was detoxing, just complete overload, my body, all my all my drainage pathways were, were not clearing. They were all blocked. So I would immediately get a migraine. And you probably remember just me being in agony and excruciating mm -hmm. pain and just almost like to the point where I'm like, oh, I can't do this anymore. But knowing deep in my soul that this is my path and this is how I'm going to heal and this is what I needed to do. And even though I had those incredibly debilitating moments, I would get 10 steps better the next day. 
And just even the first day that I had gone to Brandy, and we'll talk about her, I guess, a little bit, Brandy Augustine, she essentially saved my life. We love her. I had a headache daily. I would wake up in the morning and just had this fuzzy, foggy headache. And when I went to her, she, you know, she did her thing, gave me some some recommendations and uh, gave me a, a tea that she made herself. She makes her own teas. And I went home and I drank the tea and I woke up the next day and my headache was gone. And I have not had a daily headache since. And so I knew that I was on the right path and on the right journey. And even though I had like these moments, these hiccups of of extreme pain and the migraines and everything, I knew that I had to keep going. And to that too, the migraines for me is how my body expresses and releases and how my what my overload limit is is manifested through migraines. That can look different for everybody. Someone might get an awful rash. They might have it expressed in their skin. Someone might have dizzy spells. Some, you know, this looks different for everybody, but we all have a limit and we all have a toxic overload limit and we all have a drainage limit. And if we're not constantly, uh, if we're not constantly eliminating waste and we're not constantly moving our fluids in our body to be able to eliminate, we will hit that limit, whatever that looks like for you. Right. There's so much good information in every bit you share. Uh, first, I want to give Brandy a little bit more yeah. time if you want to explain or want me to explain that she's a practitioner who uses applied kinesiology to muscle testing, basically using these frequency vials. And I think you might know better than I do. I think she has PhDs in nutrition and has taken all these courses that should talk about holistically bringing all these things together to heal people and she'd just say she's supporting the body <laughs> but it's that was pretty mind-blowing when you went to her and came home and didn't have a headache and I think the next day I was like I want to go <laughs> and she's just absolutely changed our lives and has also been a gateway to other modalities we weren't ready to try yeah, so part of my journey and part of incorporating the more emotional and spiritual side of things uh, was exploring these modalities of energy healers and spiritual healers and spiritual leaders and people that can uh, look at energy in a way and how we move through the world and whether it's on a spiritual level or an energetic level can help you to kind of realign so that you're on the path that is best for you in this life. And a lot of that is is on a spiritual level and is on a level of reading you or your guides or whatever the person might, what tools the person might use in a way so that you're able to gain knowledge for the best path that you could be on. There are other aspects as well. We did a lot of numerology, feng shui, human design. There's so many astrology. There's so many energetic uh, modalities out there that are helpful in, in kind of finding your way in this world and finding your path and realigning your path and that's something that you and I have done and that has helped me tremendously is to, to realign my path and to continue to find my path on the journey because I think that we're given these kind of uh, forks in the road here and there of like kind of different ways you could go, but maybe that is kind of like a sidetrack and we need to kind of get on course for our purpose. And I think that speaking of purpose, I think that we talked earlier about well what when i about my life before this journey of like what are we doing on this earth and i think that part of healing is finding your purpose and i think that all of these aspects of the mind body and spirit once you balance that you are living in alignment with your purpose i love that it's so true and 
I think one other thing to touch on is the reason you're talking about so many energy modalities is because again, it's this holistic view. Like if there are some people who just like astrology or just like numerology, and that's great. It can, it can be a guide and sometimes it can be a sounding board or help you course correct in that way, just a reflection of yourself in a different way. But when you start to look at all of them, you see both similarities and you kind of can pull what you want to take from each rather than just, you know, using one as your Bible, right? Yeah. And I think it's the same concept that we were talking about where, you know, what's good for one person might not be good for another. And what resonates with someone on this energetic level is going to be different for someone else. And so maybe there's one modality that really does resonate with someone or really, really hits a, hits it on point. And that for them is going to be really good for them in the, in the path in the path and in the direction and in the course correction whereas maybe another just is not resonating and isn't hitting the mark and isn't really like um show showcasing them to their fullest potential however it's being presented right do you want to share like one sentence about what each of these energy modalities are yeah, so so like numerology and yeah, feng shui. like numerology is the energy of numbers. So looking at like the numbers of um, like your your year, your your time of birth, all of those numbers that energetically. You know, I love numerology. It's my favorite one. If I did have to pick one, <laughs> I know, and it's it's the it's is the modality that you and I have used for the longest and resonates the most with us, and that we enjoy imparting and sharing all of that with others right and that one is funny because we kind of were forced to start learning ourselves because the person we went to stopped doing it and then we couldn't find anyone else (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah so we did our own research and have really kind of delved into that and I think I think that they all though can really be beneficial I know with feng shui it's something that we've uh, discovered just in the past few years more recently and that is just something that can shift the energy drastically. And I, I do think that if you're going to work with it, that's another thing that is very easily um, kind of put out for the masses as a blanket. But you really do need to hone in on what's best for you because that also has specific numbers and patterns that are just for you. And it can it can really shift things human design we've loved. I think it's it's a great uh, way to understand the people in your lives, your children, your siblings, whoever, your, in your workplace, yourself. But I think that there are so many and I think that just um, kind of being open to that and if you are open, open to it, that it can be very helpful. There, there are the different modalities of astrology Vedic astrology. We learned about Vedic astrology and it's very different. And it actually resonated more with us on a personal level rather than I feel like Western is more, is better for like this overarc and like where we're at. I mean, we're in Western society. I think that there are elements within reading the the world and reading the months that are great and they do resonate. But I think that Vedic on that personal level really uh, can hone in on you and focus on you. Right. And just so people are aware, and I don't, I'm not an expert at all, but just the basic difference, I think Vedic and Western are, are actually looking at different timelines of the stars. So whereas I'm a Leo in Western, I'm actually a Cancer in Vedic. So completely different sign and also different rising, different moon, all of that. So it's interesting because a lot of people think, oh, you can apply any sign to anyone, but it really is the combination of all of those signs in your chart and not just, oh, just your your sun sign. And then I want to just say something to all of this as well, because I know I can I can imagine some of my clients you know, being overwhelmed with with all of this. And I think that it's important to remember that we don't need these things. We don't need to go, you know, pay someone to to give us a reading in one of these things. You know, we can find balance in other ways in our lives. We can we can live a full, healthy life 
and remove these elements that are causing, you know, dis-ease, whether that's in the mind, body, or spirit, and that it's fun, it's great, it's helpful to use all of these things, but, you know, if this doesn't resonate with you, that's okay. You know, you don't have to relate to this. You also... Maybe you're more spiritual on, you know, a level of, on a godly level. Maybe you believe in God. Maybe you go to church or temple or, you know, maybe you pray. And that to me is just having a connection to something other than ourselves. And that can be the world, the environment, Gaia. That can be God. That can be the stars and astrology. And I think that that is what is important and that is an element for us to balance. That element is very important to connect to something other than ourselves, higher than ourselves, connect to and, – and just connection to others as well as that same concept. And it ultimately is finding an internal love for ourselves, and an internal love for the people around us, an internal love for our world – and I think that honestly that that is probably the most important piece to the puzzle and maybe the last piece that I realized in my journey. And I think that when you, when you have that, that that's when everything can fully come into balance. It's so beautiful. So that's something else that you offer is someone doesn't have to take all of these things you offer as the package you give them. You're you're customizing it. So they don't even have to do any feng shui, any astrology, any of that if that's not resonating with them. And like you were saying, rituals can be anything. It's not just, you know, woo-woo things. So maybe talk a little more about that. Yeah, so... I have different, I guess, packages or levels, mind, body, and spirit, and within that, you can choose a variety of elements to add to your document, to your protocol, to your life design protocol, and that can include things like wellness suggestions, ritual recommendations, practitioner pairings, detox support, nutritional replacements, clean living items, skincare swaps, interior design elements, and individual room makeovers. I also offer a full design package that is not within my preset packages that that is customized for you that we work together to decide what is needed, whether it's a whole home, one room, multiple rooms, and what that looks like just for you, customized so that you're getting what you need to balance your life. It's pretty all-inclusive, which is pretty amazing. Yeah, I think that what really kind of sparked all of this is that when I went through this, I had no one to ask questions to, no one to rely on, no one to bounce ideas off of, no one to help me in any of those areas I just mentioned. And I had to figure it out all on my own. And it was hard. And, and on top of this, I was physically sick. I was physically in pain. I physically, I couldn't function. So on top of having to figure out all of these areas and ways to fix my life and home and live more clean and non-toxic and live in balance, I didn't have anyone that could help with that in any way. I had to kind of pull the pieces together for myself and find these things for myself. And I and I wish I had someone that I could go to that was a, a you know, a helping hand, a shoulder to lean on, just someone that got it, someone that so I didn't have to think about it. You know, my my mind was racing enough. I was dealing with awful migraines. It, I I would have loved to have someone that could just help me piece all this together for me and what I needed, what was best for my mind, body, and spirit. That's so beautiful. So Elise, Allie, where can people connect with you? You can connect to me on my website, AllieLifeAndDesign.com. You can find me on Instagram at Allie Lene Bloom, where I share all kinds of 
recipes, rituals, recommendations, products, affirmations, mantras every week. Or you can email me at balance at alleylifeanddesign.com. So the other thing I wanted to touch on that you can speak more on is the deconditioning process and how there is this distrust of things, especially things like grounding or like lymphatic work that don't cost money. Anything that you don't go pay an expert to do for you or have to invest in that you literally can step outside or just pat your, you know, areas of your body. P people think these things are nuts that like they aren't actually going to do anything because they're not Western or because they're not like backed by, well, they are backed by science, but I'm just saying that they're there's there's just a lot of distrust at the simplicity of certain modalities that are literally the basics of human biology and healing and natural ways of clearing. Yeah, I think a distrust, but also priorities. We always talk about priorities together. And I feel like what I see with clients and what I what I just see in society is just a kind of like a mismatch of priorities, you know, it's always like, oh, I don't have enough time for that. Like, of course, people are like, oh, it's too expensive. But the time thing is like, to me, we prioritize our time, you know, of course, you have enough time to stand outside to go for a walk to take a bath. Like, of course, you have enough time, you're just not prioritizing it, you know, and you could say the same thing, like on a financial level, you can prioritize your health. And regardless of of an expense, you can do one of one of the things, you know, but there are a ton of free things you can do for your mind, body, and spirit, a ton. And like you said, grounding, going for a walk, clearing your, your lymph up, uh, like by yourself manually, taking a bath. I mean, honestly, take a shower, wash your hair, massage your own face, you know, like Elizabeth with Honest Rituals, just those beautiful facial massages. I do them every morning now. I don't even use any tools, any gua sha, anything like that. I just use my hands and it's the I best. I just started that too. Yeah. It's the best thing you could do. And it's just the time, even if it's only a minute or two, it's like that time alone with yourself. And I think that, yeah, so it goes back to priorities and it goes back to also like loving ourselves. We don't, as a society, think it's okay to love ourselves and think it's okay to spend time on ourselves. And if someone does, there's kind of like this, this like, this thing like, oh, well, they're in love with themselves. They're like this, like, you know, it's like, Being it's selfish. like, yeah, it's like, oh, well, they're so selfish. Like they're prioritizing themselves. Like, well, they don't want to come do this for me. Well, how are you going to be there for someone else and, and go to something for someone else or help someone else when you're not taking care of yourself? So the first person you should be taking care of is yourself. Even if you're a mother, the first person who you should be taking care of is yourself. And that's very hard. I know from my mother, the mothers in my life, the mothers I work with, that is very hard. But you have to, it's like when you fly on a plane, they always say you put your mask on first and then you put on your neighbor's mask or your child's mask. Because if you don't put your mask on, you won't be able to put on someone else's mask. So it's like, I think if you're not filling your cup and you're not taking care of yourself and you're not making sure that you even spend five minutes a day doing some kind of ritualistic self-care, and I don't mean like going shopping, I don't mean taking a girl's trip, I mean literally massaging your face, taking a bath, like something that doesn't cost money, that even doesn't take a lot of time, that's for you, unless you're doing that daily, how can you show up for the people in your life? How can you give to the people in your life when you're drained?